the final week of Midday Special. Today we have an exciting lineup of stories ranging from teacher's college to internet connection to music. My name is Cheyenne Jarrett. And I'm Mitchell Reed. Let's start with a COVID update. The third wave continues in Ontario with a staggering 4,736 cases and 29 more fatalities. Of the active cases, nearly 2,000 have required hospital care. The numbers are so big that the Ministry of Health is considering a field hospital to help with all the patients. Stay home, wear your mask, and follow the lockdown. Poor posture, bad eyesight, sedentary bodies. Healthcare professionals say spending hours working online during COVID is harming our bodies and eyesight. Nashaya Carvalho reports. Across Ontario, opticians are seeing increased eye strain from people using digital devices. Common symptoms seen by Dr. Pierre Vina Selvik-Kirmar, an optometrist at Kodak Lens Eye Care in Ajax, are headaches, eye fatigue, and dry eyes. We tend to forget to blink our eyes properly when we're constantly staring at the screen. When we don't blink our eyes properly, or if we're not blinking our eyes enough, that can actually cause the tears on the front surface of our eyes to evaporate. Selvik-Kirmar says this leads to irritated eyes and redness. Dr. Seema Korea, an optometrist at Ajax Eye Care, says she noticed an increase in eye appointments and eye strain symptoms. I've seen certainly people's eyes being impacted. I do see a lot more dry eyes, kids' um, prescriptions changing a little more quickly. Korea says this is a growing issue. Reeve Robinson, a student from a film program at Seneca, says virtual school has affected his posture. Due to the online environment, I've noticed my neck and back hurts more often and I overall feel stiff. Virtual environments can put strain on the posture since people can use their devices anywhere. Dr. Matt Peacock, a chiropractor from Whitby Cairo, says that since COVID, we are restricted in our activity levels. Generally speaking, activity level is down. Obviously, most people are working from home. Instead of doing the typical thing they do where they get up in the morning and do somewhat of a commute is basically get out of bed and go to their computer and sit there all day. People can protect their posture by adjusting their chair, changing positions, and taking breaks. Ways to protect our eyes are wearing computer glasses, being mindful of screen brightness, and looking away from the screen periodically. Reporting for Midday Special from Ajax, Nishaya Carvalho. Teachers have struggled just as much as students when it comes to new online workspace. Changes are in store to assist teachers by preparing them for pandemics during Teachers College. Michael Mincinikas reports. The pandemic has not been an easy time for teachers or school staff. Diane Cotterill, principal of Elsie McGill Public School, believes that mental health is something that should be touched on in Teachers College. Mental health issues that are attached with it for themselves too. Um, you know, recognizing when students are struggling, recognizing when yourself is struggling. Cotterill believes teachers need to get used to being able to switch back and forth between virtual and in-person learning. She has seen many teachers struggle with the constant change. Yeah, I think I think teachers in teachers college really need to know how to um, switch back and forth between virtual. So um, because that's been the biggest stressor for the staff was, you know, one minute you're you're in person and then Last spring, um, you had to, you were on you weren't teaching virtually, but you were putting up stuff in the Google classrooms. Robin Kay, a professor and interim dean in the Faculty of Education at Ontario Tech University, expects most programs to have to adapt to online learning, as most K to twelve programs are expected to have online learning integrated into them for the foreseeable future. 
I've anticipated this three or four years ago. So we actually have a, an entire semester that's online, but just what we're doing now is vir virtual. I suspect that most programs are going to have to adapt to that in some way so that they're do you struggle with your internet connection while doing online school? Did your laptop break right before class? You're not alone. Durham College has a program to help students. Kayla Jackson reports. Online school isn't easy for many students, especially when it comes to internet use. Many students say they have had challenges when it comes to their internet connectivity while attending school online. Nicole DePiccolo-Zvane, a third-year student at Guelph Humber, says that online lectures are so important, so having bad internet makes things difficult. At the beginning of the semester, my Wi-Fi was like really unstable and my connection kept going in and out, so it was really frustrating. I was calling my internet provider a lot and trying to reset my Wi-Fi box to try and figure out like how to make the Wi-Fi connection stable again. Quinn Robinson, first-year video production student at Durham College, said that he has had on- and off-internet issues as well. When it first started out, I had a spotty internet connection, after which I thought it might be necessary to upgrade my internet, an out-of-pocket cost that I was not expecting. Robinson was able to upgrade his internet, but that's not an option for everyone due to the cost. Brett Clayton, technology specialist at Durham College, talks about his hopes for what Durham College should be doing. I would hope that the college would take the initiative to provide or try and find some type of solution to support students. The college did exactly what Clayton hoped they would do. Durham College offers a program for students who need help called the Loner Laptop and Internet Stick Program. The program is for students who cannot afford laptops or significant internet service to participate in online classes. According to Sarah Brathwaite, records manager at Durham College, there is a limited pool of laptops and internet sticks. So this program is only offered to students who meet the requirements and are eligible to receive either one. Students must be enrolled in full-time studies and courses are being delivered online. Students who are required to use software that's not compatible with their current device or are having a computer repaired, may also be eligible. Robinson said that he loves the idea of the program. I think it's a very useful program and is extremely beneficial to those who need it. Students can also get more information from their student advisors. From Simcoe County, reporting for Midday Special, I am Kayla Jackson. The childcare industry has struggled to recover from the pandemic shutdowns that started last April. Combine that with future early childhood educators learning online, and the business has some uncertainty ahead of it. Jane McClement, an active ECE, has said there is more work being done. Well, we've had to change a lot of the, the rules, we've had the policies, and when we, we have to new, write new policies, we have to have a COVID policy now. Before we didn't have to have that, but now we have to have a COVID policy, then that we're taking the temperatures as they walk in the door, that they're where we that we're wearing masks, that we have shields, that we're trying to distance, you know, like distance the children. McClement said that the time her workplace reopened, only a third of her clientele had returned. Now numbers have reached what they were pre-pandemic, but hiring is still a problem. When McClement set out requests for interviews, only half the prospective hires responded, and all interviews were done virtually. Finding new ECEs appears difficult, so what does that mean for ECE students? According to Durham College professors Tracy Holgoss and Susan Hartwell, ECE students are meeting their challenges with creativity. But hands-on learning experiences, like placements, 
are on hold. Um, they're learning about guidance techniques in their courses and in the field placement um, online remote delivery, but it's not the same as being in a setting where you can actually interact with the child at that moment when they're having a difficult moment. So it, it's, um, it's learning that you, you can learn it in a book, so to speak, and then you can learn it in real life. And, and those two things are very different. The professors believe in their students, and according to them, the new requirements made by COVID are already within an ECE skill set. We have a strong focus on health and safety. Um, there's, there's always been a strong um, rituals around and rules around cleaning and disinfecting and all those things. So I think childcare, although this has been a challenge, I think they've been able to pick up the baton and work with it. The professors believe that once students are able to step into the workforce once again, they will adapt under the mentorship of experienced early childhood educators. The pandemic has caused stress for many students battling mental health. Students have found ways to cope by incorporating healthy lifestyle changes. Here's Sophia Abbasi with the details. The pandemic has negatively affected many lives. Post-secondary students have reported a significant decrease in motivation and physical health from the start of the pandemic. I interviewed three Durham College students on their experience with mental health in the past year. First-year Durham College student Maha Kamran shares her healthy habits to help her cope. It's important to take a breather, taking advantage of the whole staying at home thing. So I'm really just spending time with my loved ones, my family, and I'm trying to do new things to keep me busy, pick up new hobbies, keep me relaxed, calm. I've gotten into painting recently and I just, you know, uh, I spend more time with my pets. 23-year-old Henna Bafsar says the pandemic has also affected her mental health. She goes on to share her tips and tricks that has helped her decrease her stress levels. Taking every day one step at a time is the best method. I've taken up a lot of hobbies. I've done embroidery, sewing, painting, cooking, and try to learn as much as I can. Bhavsar advises students to talk to peers and professors when feeling a little anxious. She believes communication can have a positive impact for struggling students. Take a break when you need it and take some time. Everyone's a little traumatized by what we're going through. Talk to others. Talk to, talk to your teachers and classmates about the workload, about classes, and make sure your teachers know that you might be struggling just a little bit. Small business and entrepreneurship student Jasmine Mara believes that COVID-19 has made her realize many things. Mara incorporates small activities to help her cope during this time. It was more so a realization of how much we took for granted before COVID, like our day-to-day -day lives and how much we can't do anymore. Mainly find things to do at home, I guess. I cook and I bake or I'll call friends or I'll work out. Mara says despite the circumstance, she has been making most of her time. She believes that outdoor activities and baking have positively impacted her health. From Ajax, Ontario, Sophia Abbasi reporting for the Midday Special. A lot of people have taken a leap of faith this year according to Lindsay Irwin, the manager of entrepreneurship services at Fast Start DC. Irwin says she's seen an increase of people starting small businesses even through the pandemic. We see a lot of not only student interest, but like professionals too, starting sort of side hustles or like small businesses as like 
passion projects or backup plans even if they lose their jobs. Erwin helps students from Durham College take their small business idea and give it legs through the Fast Start program. The program provides entrepreneurs with free marketing and brand support. It also introduces them to graphic designers, photographers, and web developers. That's kind of like insane value at a time when it's hard to get a job. It's, you know, it's tricky to start a business without support, especially when you're stuck at home. Sonique Allen got her makeup line off the ground with the help of Fast Start. Allen said she was scared to make the leap into business, but once she got started, everything came together seamlessly. Now McLean Hoover with a story on violence in film. There are plenty of movies to watch during the pandemic. Some funny, some sad, and some are true staples of blood and violence. But are these movies violent for any good reason? This comes after director of the Mortal Kombat movie, Simon McQuaid, stated that the film was pushing the limits of the R rating with its depiction of the franchise. Mustafa Aziz, a year two journalism student, had many things to say about violence in film. A lot of people say the Hunger Games movies are inspired by Battle Royale, which is basically about these high school kids who are put on this island, I think, and they have to survive. So they start turning on each other and killing each other. It's extremely violent, especially like kids are, um, you know, attacking each other. But I didn't have a problem with it. And so I would say violence in movies is not an issue for me, particularly. On the idea of violence being excessive, Aziz pointed out this. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. Like, uh, like people say gratuitous uh, violence isn't good. Uh, and I see that happen in like some commercial movies where it's violent for the sake of being violent. But the movies that I gravitate towards, especially movies by like Quentin Tarantino and so on, uh, the violence has a role. Like it's not just there for the sake of it. It, the ca- it, it informs the characters and the characters inform the violence, which I think is very necessary. About the release of Mortal Kombat 2021, Aziz talked about how he thinks about the choice for the R rating. I haven't fully followed up with it. I've just like glanced through the article that they would be uh, pushing the boundaries of our rating. And that, I mean, I can see why. Because they're in this category where they're already in the R rating because of the violence in the movie. And now it's a issue of uh, trying to entice viewers, right? So, and since there are like strict regulations, I think that's a fair battle that they're having. You know, let's just see how how much we can push the boundaries. Amber Dillabaugh, a grade 12 student, had this to share when it comes to her favorite films coming from the Saw movies, stating that the idea in horror is to be scary and blood sells, but had a very a different opinion on Western film. Like old Western movies where they're just shooting each other and shooting their, their horses and stuff. I think that's a little... Little unnecessary. Levi Holland is a grade 10 student who felt that certain action movies require violence. This includes John Wick. I do feel like it helps portray like the film like John Wick as a character because he's like ex-mafia. Levi is a player of Mortal Kombat as a video game 
and said that our ratings make sense for a movie based on one of the most violent video games of all time. I feel like that is kind of a staple of the Mortal Kombat series. Because when you think of Mortal Kombat, you always think of like the announcer going, Fatality. So, like that's one of the main things. It's important to allow movies to have violence. However, certain films think that violence itself is a good reason to watch. Really, it comes down to the plot and how a character's development is shaped through the violence. For the Midday Special, I'm McLean Hoover. Music venues have remained closed. Musicians still cannot perform. And fans still cannot see their favorite artists live. Shalil Griffith-Ross reports. The past year has not been easy for musicians. With no live performances, they have had to find online outlets to connect with fans. This can be hard for artists because they make a good amount of their income from concert ticket sales. Along with that, many opportunities for musicians have been taken away. Quinn Mills, a singer-songwriter-producer from Pickering, Ontario, says the past year hasn't been the best for him. At the start of January 2020, we were actually meeting with a lot of record labels. Um, and a week before the pandemic, we had um, our first meeting, or one of our um, first meetings with a label who was really interested in us. And they wanted to book a session. And, um, and then the pandemic happened, they kept getting pushed. And, um, you know, and then my band um, members, we couldn't get together to practice because that was no longer legal. And then we ended up just splitting up. But it hasn't only been difficult for the musicians. The music venues have lost most of their revenue they would usually make from concerts and live events. Vince Vela, general manager of the Tributes Community Center, explains that TCC have had to switch around a few things and cancel certain concerts. We haven't been able to have any type of event in the building involving fans. So uh, again, OHL hockey and, and live events have gone away, uh, but we have been able to do ice rentals. So again, we're, we're generating some income through ice rentals, but yeah. uh, it's very minuscule compared to what we would typically generate for the other activities. Fans of the artists have been impacted as well. Many paid for concerts that were supposed to be held in 2020, but ended up being continuously postponed or eventually canceled. Shy Griffith, an Oshawa resident, says he doesn't know what's happening with the concert he was supposed to go to. I had a concert that I was supposed to go to. I was supposed to see Doja Cat, but it just kept getting postponed and I don't know what's happening with it. There's finally some hope with the vaccine rollout. Hopefully once everyone gets vaccinated, artists will be allowed to perform and fans will be allowed to go to concerts again. From Oshawa, Ontario, I'm Shaleo Griffith-Ross reporting for Midday Special. After a year-long delay, the Tokyo Olympics are scheduled to take place July 23rd to August 8th. Here is Sophia Abbasi with the details. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, the 2020 Olympics was postponed. This year, organizers are introducing a new twist on the Summer Games. Tokyo 2020 officials say only Japanese spectators will be allowed. However, the capacity at the venues and fan protocols have not been decided. There will be guidelines in place that will encourage social distancing and a limit to face-to-face -face interaction. Athletes are only allowed to stay at the Olympic Village for the duration of the game. They will be subjected to regular testing and temperature checks during their stay. Athletes are prohibited from using public transport or visiting public places that are not approved by the Olympic officials. We can look forward to watching the game broadcast in Canada on CBC. From Ajax, 
Sophia Abbasi, reporting for Midday Special. The 7th Annual J Awards are being held virtually tonight. The awards recognize excellence in journalism from both the first and second year journalism students. The awards will begin at 7 p.m. and go until 9 p.m. Some of the awards include Best Arts and Culture, Best Commentary, Best Page Design, and Best Photo. Hope you'll all be there. Most of us students have felt the stress that this school year has brought. Now that it's all wrapping up and coming to an end, all the hard times we may have gone through are trumped by the good ones. We met new people, and we had new experiences and opportunities even if they were behind a screen. This year has taught many of us how to master Zoom and Bongo online classes, and I bet we can all say we're very good at them now. Many of us are eager to be on campus next fall, but there is still no set news on whether or not that will happen. We encourage everyone to keep their hopes and spirits high. On behalf of the first-year journalism students at Durham College, we would like to wish you a very safe and good summer. And I'm Mitchell Reed, reporting from Bowmanville. Hope you all have a safe week and enjoy your summer. Thanks for tuning in to the final broadcast of Midday Special. This has been Cheyenne Jarrett reporting from Pickering.